You're listening to the Oasis Church Podcast. I want to give you this idea of this morning, I think it goes right along with this worship, is that God wants to do something new in us all the time, but most of the time we don't receive what God wants to do in us because we get back to our old way, our old way of thinking, our old mindsets, our old way. But God has a unique way of changing times and seasons. When I was woke up last night, uh, and I got to tell you, I I was not uh, awake because of the winds that were howling. Jennifer woke me up and says, do you hear the winds? And I'm like, well, I do now. But she was saying, man, the winds are blowing out crazy. And I said, sometimes, I didn't tell her that that night, but I was thinking to myself, sometimes God allows the storms to come because it's time to clear the path. And what he wants you to understand, he changes times. He changes seasons. When you hear these crazy people start saying, global warming, global warming, I say, no, Jesus is coming. There's a world of difference. Global warming. No, Jesus is coming. The times and seasons are a changing because Jesus is wanting to do something in us and through us. He wants to live big. He wants to live big. And the gifts that we were given, they need to come out of us. Now think about this, because for some of you, 2022 was a year of heartache, a year of disappointment, a year of setback and a year of reversal. But for others, 2022, God began to show you things that you'd never seen before. And it was a year of blessing. I want to encourage you. If 2022 was a year of disappointment, forget it. If 2022 was a year of breathtaking success, I want to encourage you, be grateful for it, but forget it because you can starve to death remembering how God was back in the day. God has something new for us. He's constantly trying to get us to download to us. I say that because many of you have already started making New Year's resolutions. Have you done it? This handout you've got in the bulletin is for you to start writing out your goals, what you're believing God for this coming year, for God to live big in you. Most people, New Year's comes and they say, well, I got to get more fit. I got to drop some LBs. And so I, I need to go back to the gym. How I many you know the city center is a gym? If you go to in shape, you suck. I'm sorry I said that. I have to put the quarter in the jar when I get home. If you go to crunch, you're going to get punched. And if you go to Planet Fitness, I'm sorry for you. City Center is a full-on gym, a full-on place for people to come and receive prayer, receive the Lord. And you can drop to your LBs if you want to. And ladies, you can get back to your original weight, seven pounds, three ounces. So they make New Year's resolutions for physical. Then we start making it for spiritual or relational. How many of you know it's important to set goals? A life without a goal is like a ship without a rudder. You need to set goals. That's why we do this every year. In my Bible, this is one of my personal preaching Bibles. I have many years of these that we've asked you to fill out. I have them filled out here. Wouldn't you like to read them? You shall not. These are between me and God for us to believe together for those years that God bestows upon us and graces us with. How many know it's a gift of grace that God allows us to live? It is a gift of God that he allows us to live. The last time you you need to remember something, that two things are important. One, there is a God, and two, you're not him. 
And the fact that he lets us get up and breathe is very substantial and important. So when we make these things, we start wanting to reflect on our inner self and our outer selves, but God wants us to deal with the eternal self because the eternal self, see how I worded that? That was clever. See, that eternal self is an eternal gift from God. Do you know when you were born on this earth, God spoke to the holy angels and said, watch my miracle. Watch my miracle. God put in every person on the planet a gift and a talent in which they can do the things of God with. God has put an eternal gift in his children. And many times we neglect that gift, we suppress that gift, and we start operating out of our own gifts and talents, our own resources, instead of what God has put on the inside of us. God wanted the very best for you and me and our families this coming year. Of course he does. But God also has another agenda. He wants the gifts that are eternally in us to rise out of us so people could see our good works and glorify our Father, which is in heaven. The problem for many people, they want God's stuff, but they refuse to change. So here's the question I'll ask you this morning. Are you willing to change? Are you willing to change? Are you willing to change? Most people say, of course I'm willing to change until you have to change. Of course I'm willing to go on a diet until my, hunt, my stomach starts growling. I'm willing to change until I have to change. But let me ask a different question, but the same topic. Are you willing to give up what's good for God's best? Are you willing to give up what's good for God's best? Most people will say, hey, I'm willing to change as long as it's not very difficult, but they refuse to give up what is good for God's best. That's why they get stuck in a rut. New day, new year, nothing changes, even though God is constantly trying to change things in us. Now think about the story that I, the scripture that I read, because God wants his children to get to this place called the promised land. This promised land, we know the story, many of us, they're traveling in this promised land, his chosen people. God loves them. They're the apple of his eye. Just like God loves you and I, we're the apple of his eye. And the scriptures tell us there's no good thing he withholds for those that seek him. But they were traveling 40 years to get to their destination. But do you know something? Most of you may not know. The 40-year journey was only supposed to take 14 days. 40 years? No way, man. Some of us don't have 40 years left. God has something he wants to accelerate in us. So we need to learn from others so we don't repeat their mistakes. How many of you know what I'm talking about? Sometimes we say life is about experience and you learn from, their, from your own mistakes. But sometimes tuition is too high. Sometimes it costs too much to learn from your own mistakes because tuition keeps going up and up and up and you get older and older and older. And before you know it, time is up. So what I want to learn is not from my own mistakes. I want to learn from others' mistakes. That's why I hang out with some of you. <laughs> See how I did that? But I know, ouch. But God wanted the very best for his people, but they refused to turn loose of the past. God wants the very best for you and I to walk in a supernatural dimension, but you've got to give up the things in the past. You've got to learn to give up what's good for God's best. Think about this, because how many of you know we can even romanticize the past when it really wasn't all that good? Some of you romanticize the day you were in high school and you still dress that way. 
It's like, that was in like 82, bro. You shouldn't dress that way. I know you're still wearing the jeans and it says 32 on the back, but what you don't realize, they got lower and lower and lower because your belly got bigger and bigger and bigger. Instead of getting bigger jeans, you just dropped your drawers. Some of you are getting a visual now that's not very godly, but... What I'm telling you today, we can romanticize the past when maybe it wasn't all that good to begin with. How many of you know we can do that often? Egyptian was slavery. Egyptians, uh, Egypt was poverty. It was suffering. It was shame. It was perpetual agony. Their children were being drowned in the Nile River. But the Bible tells us they wanted to go back there. They wanted to go back to 2022, if you will. They wanted to go back to the pain. They wanted to go back there and they refused to change. They refused to change. Do you know I've learned, again, you can learn from my expertise. I've learned that most people change not because they see the light. They change because they feel the heat. They don't change because the light has been shown unto them. They change because they feel the heat. And when the heat is turned on or the storms come, then they're forced to reflect on the things in which they were doing and brings forth change. Most people do not change because they see the light. They change because the heat is turned up. I want you to listen to that because we need to embrace change and we need to accept the miracle that is within inside of us so God could live big in us and through us as we take these journeys into the unknown. So what was Israel's first mistake? Israel's first mistake, like many of our mistakes, is they, they couldn't forget Egypt. They couldn't let go of the past. What in the world did Egypt have to offer? 430 years of slavery for one, nothing but brick pits for another, mud holes, abuse, whipping, slave owners, starvation, suffering, death, rape, the murder of their children in the Nile River, 430 years of suffering, their reaction to freedom, they refused to turn loose of the slavery of the past. They became unintentionally addicted to it. God sent him Moses to lead him out of Egypt to the promised land. God used Moses as a type of Christ. Moses represents a type of deliverer like you and I experience delivery from Christ our Savior. Moses is their Christ figure Savior. He wants to deliver them. They say, we don't believe you. Moses says, let me show you. He puts his hand in his tunic. He pulls it out. It's leprous. He puts it back in. It's as smooth as baby's flesh. God says to Moses, I want you to lead him out. When they saw that this miracle had taken place with Moses, they said, God, this is our man. And God leads them out through 10 earth-shattering miracles. Just like he's going to bring forth in the book of Revelation, those same 10 earth-shattering miracles and judgment upon the earth after the rapture of the church. He sends 10 earth-shattering miracles and Moses leads Egypt and Pharaoh's kingdom is absolutely decimated and destroyed. To this very day, Egypt is but a remnant destroyed because anytime you touch the apple of God's eye, it's a recipe for death. And they went through the Red Sea, which is a type of water baptism. And now they're in the wilderness. And the response, as soon as this miracle takes place, three days, not three months, not three years, not 30 years, three days, three days out in the wilderness. And here's what they say, quote, why did you bring us out here to die? Why did you bring us out here to die? The Bible says they longed for the leeks and the garlics of Egypt. They longed for it. They longed for the machacada and the refried beans. They longed for the tamales. They'd even stop on the side of the road 
and eat the tamales just because somebody had them in a in an igloo ice chest. They would even eat the tamale because they were so addicted to it. That's gross. I only see that myself. Maybe you don't see that, but I see people stop on the side of the road, eat tamales that are in an igloo, and I'm thinking, where are all the cats? Where are all the cats? Thank you. I thought you were going to have a fence with a cat. Like, is PETA here? What's going on? But the Bible says they longed for it. They longed for it. The point I'm making is, is if you failed last year, forget it. Forget it. If last year was literally hell on earth, let me encourage you, give you a word, turn it loose, let it go. Don't become bitter biscuits, get better. Don't become soured and disposition all gruff and all mean and you trying to mad dog everybody because you think everybody's against you. Let it go. If it's been painful, let it go. If it's been good, let it go. If it's been hurtful, let it go. Get up, square your shoulders, get back in the race. You belong to God. Let last year's bitter memories leave you. Let last year's mistakes leave you. Let last year's heartache and rejection leave you. Turn loose the shackles of pain and addiction. Let it go. Turn loose what the enemy has meant to destroy you and march toward the land of milk and honey. It's yours for this coming year. Think about what I'm saying this moment, because God wants us to go for a land of abundance, but most of us don't see what God wants to do because we can't let go of the past. We can't let go of what we're used to, and we think we have to have it, and we become unintentionally addicted to it. Think about that. The promised land is waiting for you. God has a land waiting for you. I read it out of Isaiah 61, 7, folks. A land of prosperity, of love, joy, peace, and abundance. Not just physical land, our natural land, but spiritual land that he wants you and I to walk in. No matter where I'm at, I'm possessing the land wherever I go. No matter what I'm going through, I've got peace that surpasses understanding. No matter what the enemy brings my way or my family's way or my children's way, I know God will never fail me because the best is yet to come. This is God we're talking about, ladies and gentlemen. If this was a man we're talking about, he's limited. If this was a woman, they'd be a little better than the man. Come on, ladies, help me preach it. But this is not a man or a woman. This is the creator of heaven and earth who puts kings up and he puts them down. This is God who sits upon the throne. He's stronger than any government. He has all power in heaven and in earth. And when you call upon him in prayer, watch out because great and mighty things you know not are coming your way. Now we have to do our part. The miracle that you're after that lives inside of you requires two parts, your parts and God's part. Here's your part. Philippians 3:13. There's one thing I do forgetting those things which are behind you. Now I want you to do that. Reaching toward what lies ahead. You must do that. Because there's a prize, a calling, a high calling, a prize of Christ the Lord. So secondly, think about this. It's not a long message, but it's a strong one. Because secondly, it took Israel 40 years to gain God's best because they, like so many, refused to change. They refused to change. It took God one day to get millions of people out of Egypt, but it took 40 years to get Egypt out of them. You could take people out of a difficult environment and they will never leave that difficulty or environment if they don't let the Holy Spirit have his way. It took 40 years for that mentality to get out of them. It took God one day to bring millions of people out, but it took 40 years to get all that baggage out. 
How many of you know we don't have, most of us don't have that type of time. We've got to deal with this thing now. Have you ever met anybody who refused to change? Don't look at your spouse right now. Look right at me. Have you ever met them? They ask yourself, why am I doing what I'm doing? Why am I thinking like I'm thinking? Why do I keep going where I'm going? You need to hear a word from the Lord. Turn north. You've been going in this direction long enough. It's time for you to move to where God has you. And I can hear the children of Israel like some of you. Uh, this is pretty good, but I kind of like what I'm going through. Their response, I was born out here in the desert. I was born out here in the wilderness. I like the grid. It makes me hard. Makes me harder, orderly. Makes me more, more persistent. I like the heat. I like the scorpions. I even have a little tattoo. Snake around it. Want to see? It's part of my journey. Want to see my journey? I like the heat. I like to be in poverty. I just like it. You know, no, you're in a rut. A rut is a grave with both ends kicked out of it. Some of you need to give up the nonsense of the past. God has something better for you. He's got so much supernatural power in you. That's why the enemy keeps you in the past. He keeps you broke down, busted, and disgusted. God has something so much better for you. Most of our lives, the we problem, problem, problem. The rest of our lives, provision, provision, provision. When you put your hand in the hand of Almighty God. I think about that a lot because you gotta, you got to be willing to change. That's really the message of the first Sunday in-person service. Are you willing to change? Are you willing to change and give up what is good for God's best? We get into ruts. All of us do. It's like a husband and wife. They were having a conversation. And the wife was leading the conversation as women do. And she was talking to her husband how their life, they've been married a long time, it's kind of in a rut. So the husband said, well, hey, there's a county fair. Let's go there. We'll have some fun and, and it'll help us get out of a rut. So they agreed. They went to the county fair. And as they arrived there, they saw a guy, a pilot, taking people on those open seated planes, taking people around the county fair. The husband told his wife, said, hey, that looks fun. Let's get us out of the rut. Let's go. So he went and asked the guy, hey, how much to take a ride? And the pilot said, it's $200. He said, $200, that's too much. The pilot said, hey, I'll tell you what. If you and your wife will get in this plane and let me drive you up around, fly you around, if neither of you scream, I'll let you ride for free. The husband said, you got a deal. So his wife got on the open seat behind him. It was an open seated plane. That pilot took up the road. He took up in the air. He took left, right, barrel roll after barrel roll. Nose dived the plane. Finally, he landed. He got out of the plane and says, I can't believe it. You or your wife, you didn't scream. It's free ride for you. And the husband said, well, I was about to scream on that second barrel roll when my wife fell out the plane. <laughs> they had $200 on the line. But at least they weren't in a rut. Come on, somebody. <laughs> Israel, like so many, they were in a very deep rut 40 years, packing, unpacking. 40 years, take the tent out, put the tent up. 40 years, same clothes, same food, manna from heaven. How many know there's only so many ways you can cook the dang manna? The Bible says their clothes didn't wear out. I'm telling you that it's a miracle they still fit after 40 years. They became masters of what I call a routine. Listen to this. They confuse something, ladies and gentlemen, motion with progress. 
Most of us do this very same thing. Some of us have done that. Actually, we do that often and we're doing it even right now. They were always on the move, but they were going around in circles, never arriving anywhere. Isn't that true for most people today? They look like they were really going somewhere, but they were just wasting time and energy going in circles. Ladies and gentlemen, motion is not progress. Activity is not achievement. They are two separate different issues. When you really don't know what's going on, sit down, wait on the Lord, write it out, trust in God to meet it and exceed expectations. Don't just keep going here, going there, wait on God because when God gives you something, you'll know it's him. I'm asking that God, the Holy Spirit and his anointing power would give every one of you a supernatural word for this coming year. A word that would be so beneficial, so profitable, so peaceful, so anointed, so called, so settling in your spirit that you couldn't help but to prosper. You couldn't help but everything that's in you come out of you. That this year would be the best year you've ever experienced in your life because you and God are a majority and the anointing of God is on your life. Let it happen in Jesus' name. Do you want the best? Are you recognizing it when you see it? Would you recognize the best if you saw it? Do you know what you're looking for? Do you know if you got it, if it was truly God's best? Would you recognize it? If God sends you the answer, would you really recognize it as the answer? Most people say, of course, but it would be the opposite. When Christ came into the earth in Bethlehem's manger, listen, there are millions of people there on the planet in that vicinity, but only a handful of shepherds saw the miracle in the manger. Remember something, good is the enemy of better and better is the enemy of best. This is how it works. God gives you something and it's good. And man, you're so grateful that God gives you this and it's good and you hold on to it with everything you got. And then all of a sudden you feel this nudge that some way, somehow, God, devil, you just don't really know. It's being pulled away from you. And you're holding on to that thing like the last biscuit and you are a bulldog and you just won't let that thing go. And then all of a sudden it's pulled out of your hand and God gives you something better. Then you're like, oh, thank you, Jesus. This was better. I didn't know if it was you or enemy. I didn't know. But now this is so much better. This must be God. Years go by, all of a sudden the spirit of God starts to start stirring you up and he's trying to pull something else out of you. But now maturity set in, so now you're quoting every Bible scripture you've ever known. You're rebuking the devil. You're yelling in tongues at home. You're rebuking. You're saying, hold on. You're saying, let go. And finally God pulls it out of your tight little fist. And you're, you're, you're overwhelmed thinking the enemy has stolen something from you. And then God gives you even something better. Let me just say this. Because if God is trying to take away something from you, let him. If God is trying to take away something from you this coming new year, let him. Let him have his way. Because the best is yet to come when you release what's in your hand. God releases what's in his hand. And what's in his hand is greater than anything that will ever be in your hand. As we close our time this morning. I want you to realize that God wants the big news in you. He wants you to realize he is prominent and dominant in your life. But most of the time, we don't think that way. We think he's prominent and dominant when I come to church, when I'm doing something that I think is honoring him, when I'm doing something that I think is be bestowing of him. In other words, I'm doing something that is, is, is leading me in the, wrong, in the right direction. But I would tell you the opposite. God wants to be big in you in everything, everything. So when you mess up and you blow it, you're not running away from God. You're running to God. 
You're running to him because you know that God and you are a majority for any problem or sin you will ever face. Think about that. Let me just say this to you. God's trying to take something. Let him. But our generation, we're so fearful now. We won't even climb the limb because we won't deal with the tree. So we won't go out on the limb anymore because we won't even climb the tree. And there are three types of people that come to church. I call them the three L's. Those that come late. They just come late. After music is over, they just come. First L. And then they say, how come we don't have longer worship? Come on time. The second L is the the loner. They just come and they sit by themselves. They don't interact with anybody. Some still even wear masks, believe it or not, thinking that's going to kind of isolate them off or because it become a mechanism for safety in their own mind. So they'll do that and they're loners. They don't want to interact. They're just coming. But then there's the third L that the two can switch into those who lean in. The ones that lean in. What they do is they lean into what God is doing. They lean in and they take the advice because they know tuition is too high to pay it on their own. They lean in and what's being said, they start leaning into it. What's being worshiped, they start leaning into it. What's being, what's being shown in the community every single day and across the globe and soon to come in another state, they're leaning into it and they're trusting God for him to do something in them magnificent. Think about that. When Jesus came into the world, ladies and gentlemen, he came into the world looking for 12 who were willing to risk everything that he was who he said he was. They forsook their occupation. They forsook their homes. They forsook their friendships. They lost everything, but what they really gained was eternal things. The Bible says they forsook all and followed him. And they did it immediately. They did it immediately because they saw He was heaven's answer to the world. He's still heaven's answer to the world. Thank you for listening to the Oasis Church Podcast. You can find our podcasts wherever podcasts are available. For more information, go to experienceoasis.org. Thanks again for listening.